afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining Hashtag No Limits. I am your host, Shelly Kino, and Hashtag No Limits is about people that society has placed limits upon, but who have busted through those limits. Ophelia says in Hamlet, we know what we are, but not what we will be. And I believe that to be 100% true. And I believe that there is no better example of that philosophy than the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. The caterpillar literally dissolves into its cells and then reforms itself as a butterfly. Then the butterfly has to struggle to get out of the cocoon in order for its wings to be strong enough to fly. This is no easy task. And just like having limits placed upon you by society, and that's not necessarily physical limitations that people speak out to you, but it's just the thoughts that people have about the abilities of others is no easy task to break down those barriers. And as you all know that have watched before, I interview people who have busted through those limits, but I also interview people like my guest today who are providing the supports for those to bust through those yeah. limits. So a few things before I completely welcome my guest is I just want to remind you if you're watching with us live that you let us know hashtag live in the comments. If you're watching this as the replay that you let us know hashtag replay. If you have any questions or comments for John or myself that you put those in the chat as well. We love to interact with you. If you like this, um, I have my little prop here. Please give it a thumbs up. That's backwards. <laughs> Please give it a thumbs up. We don't want thumbs down. So we want the thumbs up. Uh, make sure that you subscribe. If you're watching it on YouTube, you like it. If you're watching it here on Facebook, and please reach out and share this with other people because the more people that we can have be aware of organizations like the one that John is going to talk about and just the idea of what this show is about, the better opportunity we have to expose people to ability levels of all kinds and to change people's perspectives. So, John, now that they've had to listen to me for a couple of minutes, welcome and thank you for joining Hashtag No Limits. Tell the, or tell the group a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, my name is John Hillskamp, and I uh, have the privilege to be the executive director for an organization called Community Link. Uh, we're located, uh, we have sites uh, in the Metro East, but we're predominantly, a lot of our services are provided in Clinton County, Illinois. And it's, uh, it's just been a, it's been a, remarkable organization to be affiliated with. Uh, I'm proud to say that this organization has been around for, in 2022, it'll be 50 years. We're 49 years of age right now. And and those of you that know non-for-profit statistics, uh, typically uh, about 50% of non-for-profits go under within the first five years of their service. And the statistics beyond that aren't very good. Uh, but we've won that uh, stood the test of time. Uh, and uh, it's it's been an incredible journey. I'm, I myself have been with the organization for eight years, and uh, it's it's just been a, a remarkable uh, place to be affiliated with. That's so awesome. And congratulations on 49 years, almost 50 years. That is truly amazing. Um, you've been around just a little bit less than I've been on the earth. Um, I hit 50 last December, so I'm, I'm a little bit older than you all, but that's a, that's okay. Um, so you said you've been with the organization for eight years. What types of roles have you played in the organization? Well, I, I actually came in as hired in as the executive director for the organization. My background previous to that was I, I did have a, after a brief stint in the United States Marine Corps and got my college degree through the GI Bill. I went into the nursing home field and long-term skilled care and, and was a nursing home administrator for about 15 years. 
and went back to school, got my master's degree, and uh, suddenly an organization that I'd watched grow up around me, um, I'm uh, as well about the same age as the organization. Uh, so I, I had the privilege of, uh, you know, when, when the, the job opened up, I, I threw my hat in the ring uh, back in 2012 and had the opportunity to join the organization. Uh, so it's been a it's been a really neat fit because it's one that I always, back in my nursing home days, uh, when I was uh, in high school working in a nursing home, um, got the opportunity to see people that were at the time attending Community Link and how excited they were to get on the bus and to, you know, go off and, and do different journeys for every individual every day. And I just thought that's that's really uh, interesting. What's all happening out there? What's that all about? And then to uh, uh, find myself uh, late, years later and not with the foresight of knowing where, where the road will take you uh, to be a part of this, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's incredible. And now to be able to share that story uh, with the community is is special. That's that's a cool story. And thank you for your service as a Marine. My husband is former military and I have several family members and friends who are military and I have a great deal of respect and appreciation for those who have served. So thank you very much for that. Um, so tell us more then about Community Link. What What is it? What does it do? Why is it beneficial to a community to have a place like Community Link in it? Yeah, it's it's got so many components to it, and, and it's it's they're each so unique. But overall, our, our mission statement is that we offer opportunities uh, for growth and independence for people with developmental disabilities. Uh, we always struggle with our mission statement in the fact that it, it's still, you know, you can only say so much to the community of what we all do because we also, with that, we have a children's program that has nothing to do with directly with developmental disabilities, but it is still a community link. And it is still something with uh, no limits that uh, that we, we provide for uh, children zero to three, a federal early head start program that I'll mention later. But overall, our mission statement with uh, just offering opportunities for people uh, with developmental disabilities in the community. And it's the organization holistically has always embraced a vision that says we want to have a community that values everyone for their presence and their contributions. And People, you know, one thing that Community Link specifically adopts is the idea of gift and that everybody has gifts. It doesn't matter. And th those two gifts are the gift of the first one is obviously presence. If we're not here, we can't do that. Now, that might seem simplistic, but it really is important that we were all put here for a reason. And what was that reason? Well, the second part of that gift is the uniqueness. We're all somebody that can bring something that's unique. Even if you have twin brothers, identical twin brothers with the same color eyes, same hair, same family, et cetera, you will still find that those two individuals have thousands of differences between them. Absolutely. And that's, and that's, there's gifts there. So we recognize that obviously our specific focus is people with developmental disabilities because uh, the society has over time placed limits on them. They have had, you know, for different various reasons. And it's something that an organization like Community Link really, uh, we have just every day, every hour of every day, we have stories that we, we find of people breaking through those, those limits. And uh, it's just been, uh, it's been incredible uh, to be a part of that. That's so cool. Such, that's such a beautiful statement that your presence alone is a gift. And I have never heard that. I. And it's just, it's really touched me because that is, you said it's a simple comment, but it is so profound at the same time. 
And so I really appreciate that that is part of Community Link's mission. And I want to say hi to Michael. He's joined us. So I just wanted to let him know that I recognized him being here. And um, for those who have joined us since we started, just a reminder, if you would put in the comments hashtag live mm -hmm. or um, if you're watching it replay that you put in hashtag replay. And we'd like to know where you're from. And if you have any comments or questions for John or myself, please put those in the chat as well. So um, you mentioned a little bit about um, some of the benefits to to the the participants. Um, what are the benefits to society? Um, not just having that as you, and I like your name, Community Link, because you are truly that link to community sources and resources for individuals. Yeah, I think when you look at the concept of a not-for-profit, it, it's automatically, as you said, you go to the participants directly and, and there's plenty of case to be made. And, and we have a reach of, you know, for our adults, uh, our day service program has approximately 250 people. Uh, and, that, and now that's right now, it's a little skewed because of COVID. We don't have everybody back. Uh, maybe some can't tolerate mask wearing or there's di different variables. Uh, that we that we ch any challenges that we face uh, every day on on you know, getting everybody back to where we were, but that being said, in in pre-COVID times and times that we look to get back to soon, uh, we were servicing uh, you know over 250 adults uh, in a given day, and so that's that's a lot. And and then you break it down into the other component. We have a residential program that uh, we're responsible for. Uh, you know, 24 hours, seven days a week, you know, 365 days a year. And we have 50 individuals in currently eight homes, uh, uh, soon to be nine homes. We, we actually have a ninth one that we're going to be opening um, that we're currently Great. underway. So that'll be, that'll, that'll push our scope up a little bit more reach in our, our residential program. But you put those two together and then you add the children's program in. And at, uh, in the early Head Start program alone, at any given time, we have 54 slots filled there. And then you add on the other people on a waiting list and other services that are provided. And it's, it's a pretty big, just in the participants themselves in a given year, you know, you're looking at a reach of over 500 individuals. And then, as you said, when you take that out and you look at all the families that are connected with that and the benefits that families receive from having their loved ones in a program like Community Link and organization, uh, you know, that scope just grows exponentially. And then you take it even further, as you said, the community itself and all the benefits there of the community, uh, you know, there is, there's just, uh, and that's one thing I've been proud with the communities that Community Link's been a part of. Uh, there is just such a appetite for, you know, the community to, you know, um, of acceptance, you know, and, and sometimes it's just a, a, it's more of education from the organization's part of what what our participants' gifts are, what what can they do, and how do we connect them with the community. Uh, just an example, I can tell you that the, the local, you know, um, once again, when we don't have restrictions or anything like that based on the COVID world and everything, but uh, I can tell you our uh, our local animal shelters and everything, they get a lot of love and from uh, and attention from our, our participants that go there to work or, or to volunteer. Uh, there's a lot of volunteer efforts uh, that our, our individuals provide to the community. Uh, we're also, uh, it's not a secret out there that there's a, a lot of job openings uh, across the uh, community link itself isn't immune to that. But that being said, we're able to give back where we, we do have a few individuals that are working at uh, organizations. There's a place in Nashville, Illinois called uh, Republic of Tea. We have two individuals that are been working there for about three years now. They're employed through Community Link uh, working at Republic of Tea. 
the local Casey's in Breeze has hired an individual that's uh, very beneficial and, and provides good services to uh, to that um, company and uh, Hardee's um, in Breeze here also and, and a different uh, other organizations that <clears throat> have had that impact. And it's uh, it's just a neat trajectory because it's uh, it's it's our our individuals that are giving back and, and the community is giving back too, and it's just kind of a really uh, really good relationship. That's awesome, and I'm glad that you mentioned that you have some business partnerships. Um, and I, I recent well, it was probably a year ago. I started to say recently, but it's, <laughs> COVID makes time seem bizarre. Um, <laughs> and and the statistic was that the unemployment rate among those with disabilities, I think, was like twice as high as the average population and that they are truly an untapped resource because again and and this is sort of why this program started was because there are so many abilities that the group that is labeled disabled have within each individual and to just sort of count that group out when you're looking at people for jobs um, was very dis disheartening to me and i wanted to help change that trajectory. And so I'm so thankful that Community Link is able to do that with different businesses. And I did want to ask you to elaborate on what your resident, not your residents, your um, participants do in the day program. And then if you could kind of tell what things are like, um, I mean, you don't have to get into, you know, if they're paid, what that wage is per hour, but if they're paid or if they're volunteer and kind of how all of that pans out. Yeah, absolutely. And that really is the core of, you know, you know, why we offer a lot of a plethora of programs and a lot of different uh, different ways of, of supporting people. Um, the, the origins that 50 years of service uh, that we're uh, coming upon uh, really started with our day program and with, uh, you know, it's no secret that Community Link is our uh, Clinton County is a heavy German community and that uh, dignity of work and that ethic. And that was a core component. So people prior to Community Link in this community, uh, specifically prior to 1972 in the 50s, 60s and on back, uh, a lot of times if you had a development of disability, you stayed home. And a lot of times there just wasn't a lot of outlets. It wasn't even that the families were, you know, oh, ashamed I have a son with or daughter with developmental disability or anything. It just there wasn't any inputs, you know, to the community that they could they could tap into. Uh, so a lot of them stayed home and, and they were able to do things, but it just took a vision of several parents in our community that got together and said, enough is enough. We want something. We want more. And so they formed this organization in 72, starting with 27 individuals with developmental disabilities and six staff members and a wing and a prayer and <laughs> put, it, put it together and uh, opened up a building in Carlisle and, and started uh, trying to seek out employers back in 50 years ago that would be willing to maybe uh, outside in, you know, bringing work from the outside to something where people can come together. And, you know, the, the um, a lot of the minimum wage laws, we were able to get a, a certificate for sub-minimum wage that offered us the opportunity uh, there's a lot of components to meeting that. It isn't something that you just can arbitrarily say, oh, you're going to make this or that. We have to go through time studies and things on jobs that come in. But we we weigh that out and try to do our best to uh, offer a sub-minimum wage. And a lot of times the goal is to get minimum wage as much as we can or higher. There are some individuals that, uh, you know, especially the ones I referenced earlier in the community, 
uh, with raises and everything, they've, they've pushed those limits of getting uh, higher pay and everything. So that's always great stories. But overall, the, the uh, you know, we've grown over the years with more um, employers willing to send that work in. Uh, and, and it's kind of met a place where um, the subminimum wage and people are getting that discussion and it's, it's, a, it's an education piece for the community. It's kind of under attack on some levels, uh, you know, and, and understandably, um, because we ourselves want everyone to make minimum wage. But it gets, I think, the everybody lumps disabilities into one bucket, uh, and that being somebody possibly that's blind or, or has other hardships and things. And so a lot of companies like Goodwill and things are kind of under the gun to get rid of the subminimum wage and offer that. And it's it's really a challenge financially to try to find that balance of being able to offer that program. Uh, in starting January 1st, 2020, the city of Chicago actually eliminated the subminimum wage on a five-year scale down. Uh, so by 2025, uh, those organizations are either uh, that, are, that are similar to Community Link are either going to have to drastically shift their programs that they offer and not be able to offer paid work, or they're going to have to find a way to offer paid work, but probably to significantly less people. So it's one of the challenges that we have right now. And, and we feel that while we're on the side of history, that we're trying to get as many people as we can from uh, outside, you know, get them to other companies outside, um, it's something that is going to be, you know, uh, a delicate dance for a while, but I think we'll get there. Yeah. And so how many of your participants um, actually are doing paid work and how many are doing volunteer work? Well, it's interesting that sometimes as much as we talk about COVID, uh, COVID has also given us opportunities to see life, what it would look like, you know, and, and things like that. So one of the uh, unintended consequences, and right now we're, we're kind of looking at things that we developed during COVID uh, that's possibly something, a better way to do things going forward. And one of those looking at it through the unemployment, the employment side is we kind of had the three buildings that we have for our day programs. One, two are here in Breeze. And one is, was always paid work and heavy in production. And then the other building on the other side of town in Breeze was more of the classroom settings, a lot of uh, tr training opportunities there. Uh, sometimes it's just, you know, a lot of different uh, components to that. And then we have a building in Fairview Heights that is kind of was always kind of a mix, uh, some uh, minimal part of paid work, but uh, a lot of it was heavy on the classrooms. And one of the things that COVID did was that prior to this, we basically had people almost had to choose. We, we as an organization, in some ways, were putting limits on people because it's like, well, we do production here, but we can't do it here. Sure. So some people would have that, you know, just just uh, logistically, it was very difficult to try to navigate through that. So we, we had to have people like they, they might say, I want to stay at the West Building in Breeze, but I want to do paid work there. And we're like, well, you, you can't. Well, with COVID, we've been able to redesign our buildings um, and space things out so that all of our sites now offer the production work. And so we have heavier production than we had previously, uh, but we do still have the classroom settings to give that offer. Um, so it, it's uh, the volunteer side of it. We we haven't been able to do a lot of that um, in the last couple of years, just with where the way the world's been. But uh, when we get back to that, I think it's going to be a hybrid of people that want to do kind of a, what is their day one, what is their best day? What did they want that to be? And that's one thing Community Link's done a great job of adopting too, is the, the concept of person-centered. 
And the best way I can describe person-centered is that there is, um, you know, what's important for people with developmental disabilities. And that's, you know, their health, their safety, what kind of medications, how's their weight health-wise, you know, are they safe when they're at Community Link and are they, you know, in a good, good protected space? And that's a lot of uh, organizations like Community Link um, that, that offer services to development disabilities. While we, we made a lot of impact over the years, we were very heavy on the what's important for them. Something we've seen over the last, especially the last 10 years, but it seems to incrementally just keep, continue to grow is the concept of what's important to them. Right. You know, what, what are their dreams? What do they really want to do? And how can we balance that out? And it's got to be a balance. One, because obviously we just want people also, we, we want them to be safe, but we can, what kind of things can we do as an organization uh, to kind of push that closer to the center where we're listening, hearing what they want, and try to try to meet that. And the best example I can give is picture a taxi and Community Link is the taxi itself. And in the past, Community Link might have the individual get helped into the backseat of the taxi and they want to go to the airport. So we say, okay, we're going to the airport. And now, you know, that that's important for them. But going to the airport, they might want to say, I want to go this way. And we might say, well, that's going to take a little longer. Uh, this is going to do this. There's a lot of traffic here. But they said, yeah, but I want to see the arch from over here. And so, you know, it's like one of them going, okay, well, then we need to balance that where we're still going to the airport. That's where we all agree upon. But how we get there, we get your input and we listen. And then we try to adapt that the best we can. And I guess the ultimate goal would be obviously to have them driving the taxi. You know, and that's that's that takes a lot. Um, it takes a community to do that. But we see that that's very possible. Yeah, that's so awesome. I'm a former special education teacher. And when I would get students, um, oftentimes early on when I would start with them, I would tell them that they're able to learn because sadly, some of them felt by the time they came to me that they weren't able to learn. And what I would explain is, is a similar analogy is that um, you can learn. But, you know, a lot of people just go from Breeze to Aviston on Highway 15. It's a straight shot. But in your situation, you might have to um, take three turns instead of going down that straight shot. But you're still going to get to that end goal. It's just going to look a little bit different and it might take a little bit longer, but you're still going to get there. Yeah. So kind of the same yeah. philosophy, kind of the same idea. So, of course, I really love that. Um Talking about, we've, we've talked about um, the, the participants, and I know that you have um, a group home and Arcilla. See, I already forgot which one you said, because I know they're, they're not interchangeable, but people like myself who don't deal with them every day still get them confused. And um, in the book that I've written, Those Who Can't Teach, one of the chapters is about a, a gentleman who, um, he lives in a group home, and part of his requirement for being able to live there is that he goes to workshop every day and that um, some, and I can't remember now all the details. Um, I keep looking off to the side because the book is over there. Um, <laughs> some, somehow part of his pay 
at the workshop goes toward his like rent and, and his utilities, but then he also gets, you know, some of that as well for his spending money every month. Um, is that similar to your like day program participants? Um, it, is there a cost for them in the day program? And then um, for those who are being paid, how is that just 100% theirs or how does, is there a difference there? Yeah. So our program, it, it's a it's a waiver based program that that is really more community based. The individual you're referencing lives in something you talk about Zacherman's. It's called the ICFDD, but that stands for Intermediate Care Facility for Developmental Disability. The difference between that individual and where he lives and his, we do have some of those individuals that attend our day program. Uh, the one that stands out the most is Clinton Manor in New Baden. Uh, they have uh, approximately 35 individuals. Uh, they're not coming right now. They're regulated by the Illinois Department of Public Health. Okay. And obviously with COVID, they have a little more restrictions than community-based programs do. Uh, but those individuals come and they, that is part of the requirement of them living there is that they're supposed to. Now, there's always, you know, there's always waivers, exceptions. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, those individuals uh, are mandated to come to a day program. Uh, so what's different with what Community Link offers is you said the term SILA, which stands for Community Integrated Living Arrangement. A lot of mouthful there, but, <laughs> it's, but essentially it's it's a program that um, it's it's like the difference is like an ICFDD uh, has uh, 16 people or more mm -hmm. that live in, in group homes um, and it could be even uh, eight to eight to 16 as well. Uh, and they're 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 kind of bigger homes, and, and like I said, they have the Illinois Department of Public Health regulations. It's kind of similar to nursing homes to an extent. <clears throat> Community Link has all of our SILAs um, are either eight persons or less. Uh, okay. We typically typically have anywhere from five to eight. Uh, we would like to get those smaller over time. It's a long term goal, but at this point, with the funding of Illinois and how we how we. Uh, um, are able to navigate through the those challenges, but each one of the homes that we offer are, are just beautiful bricked homes. They're in they're in nice neighborhoods. Uh, they're spread out by limitations of the state, and and justifiably so. They have uh, limits on them that silo homes can't be. You can't have two silo homes, and it's not even the same provider. Any provider, you can't have two within 800 feet of each other. And they're trying to keep that where you don't have suddenly the, the developmental disability neighborhood or this. Right. So there's, and sure. I think it's it's a good thing, you know. So they they put these homes out, and Community Link is very selective with that, and, and just uh, that that we're very particular about the homes that we have. We make sure that they have access to the community. Uh, we don't just put them way out in the middle of nowhere or or anywhere else. So uh, so we're pretty particular about that, but. But the uh, the individuals that live there, they're able to, and this was a major breakthrough. I can tell you that I don't uh, too often brag on the state of Illinois and the government uh, <laughs> that we have. Uh, so uh, bear with me here as I as I articulate this, but because um, just uh, just working even in the long term care space for 15 years and then 10 years uh, at Community Link, almost uh, that's 25 years of Illinois state government. Uh, a lot of stories there, but oh, they're yeah, actually. Sure. Yeah, they're actually in a pretty good place as at this moment in time, though, where they they actually are really being responsive. The, the um, they, they've pushed a lot of things just in the last couple of years that we've been asking for for many years. And one in particular is the one you touched on that was a major win for people with developmental disabilities is that they recently passed where, as you said earlier, it was they use the term rent. Uh, that's not 
necessarily the right term, but that's that's what a lot of people think right. of it as. But like to live in a silo, an individual already has some of their Social Security money going towards the payment of that home, as well as what the state funds to support somebody. But also on top of that, they would make X amount of money and they would take a lot of that, you know, to also supplement that. And we just always felt like that, that, you know, you, you talk about dignity of work, you talk about people wanting that. And then suddenly it's like, while we all do have to pay a portion of our checks to, to pay the rent and all the other things, it's felt like it was already baked into the formulas of, of them. And so now recently, this effective July 1st, the, the state is no longer requiring that. So they're able to keep that money. They still have to navigate all that with their social security limits, SSI and, and those things, but at least it's not just automatically. And I think you can, you can see that their paychecks should be bigger and, you know, and everything. And, and uh, that's, that's just the right, it's the right place for that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. There's not a lot of things in the education system in Illinois for most of my career that I brag about the state of Illinois doing something right, but <laughs> I am glad when it does happen, it, it's rare. It seems like in certain industries, but um, it, it, it does occasionally happen. So that is, that is, that is good to know. Um, so tell me some of the other things. What are what haven't we talked about so far regarding? Um, I mean, I know there's two big things that the Buddy Walk and the Red Porch that we're going to get to. But um, before we kind of go down that path, um, so we've we've said that you've all been there almost 50 years. Um, yep. That you have. Oh, I wanted to ask you. So you've said that your production has increased. What are what are the day program participants producing? Well, they do. They do a lot of uh, a variety of things. Right now, their biggest one is they do a lot of packing and assembling. We have a um, pretty good contract with a provider that uh, brings in a lot of work. It's they got just there's always clanking and banging going on <laughs> back there, and it's all purposeful. Uh, but uh, it's just uh, they, sometimes I go back there and I try to ask them what is this. I say this is bat wings, and they try to explain it, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, they're they're assembling and packing things that uh, could go in any variety of, of manufacturing that you can think okay. of. I mean, as well, even airplanes and some things like that, that these pieces are all connected with a with a bigger part. Um, but we uh, we have our biggest amount of work comes in from a place called Eaton Beeline. And it's uh, they have uh, sites in in uh, Highland, Illinois, and as well as Troy, Illinois. So we get a lot of work from there that comes in. And uh, we've we've done a lot of it's 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 interesting that even with less people here right now, and I think with uh, um, the employment trials and tribulations of everybody out there, we seem to be getting even more work in, and we're producing at a higher rate than we did even before COVID, which is uh, interesting. Wow! Yeah, that's uh, awesome. And I think something we found, and and that's going to be a, a navigation for us going forward, is that this building that I'm um, talking out of right here in particular is our main production site. Prior to COVID, we had a max presence here of probably almost 130 people, uh, high end on a day. And it's hard to describe the building itself, but 130 people was really pushing it. And you know, now uh, since uh, we've had COVID and everything, um, the, the mitigations, we probably have about half of that amount here. And it seems like it's more productive. There's less behaviors. I can tell you in my house, when everybody's there, we have more behaviors in our right. house than we do if there's only a couple of us there. Right. Uh, so it just applies to here. So I think that we're we're going to, obviously, when we open up, we'll have more people here. But we're trying to find out where that sweet spot is, where it's it's not too big, 
uh, that the right amount of work is there, that people are productive but not bumping into each other right on the top of each other. And uh, that's something kind of we're currently using this, these mitigations as a as kind of a trial run on what 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 our best program would look like. Yeah. And so where does the funding come from to provide these services and provide all the salaries and everything that makes Community Link continue to be able to run for almost 50 years as a non-for-profit? Yeah. The biggest one, so for our first uh, probably 20 years as an organization, it was strictly a grant-funded organization, uh, kind of money in and money out. And that that had that had its challenges because the organization couldn't bid, really build up any equity because you just continually, you know, like I said, every year it was kind of a money in, money out. In the late 90s, uh, our our programs became a fee-for-service, Medicaid fee-for-service that, that suddenly we became really invested in the state of Illinois. And I don't want to go back down that road again and stuff <laughs> now, but, uh, but overall that that's probably, uh, you know, um, give or take over time, it's it's always been about 85% of our funding, you know, 85 to 88% of our funding straight from the state of Illinois. When you factor in our children's program, which is strictly a federal program, uh, we have probably about, um, you know, that that's probably about, you know, 10% of our funding as an organization. So you factor that in and you put those two pieces in. We also uh, receive local funding uh, from the Clinton County 708 board and the, the 708 board in Madison County uh, or St. Clair County, I should say. Uh, so we we put all that together. So the remainder of that and, and one one thing that's a challenge with us is that and, and I know most not-for-profits say that they're just for all the things that we do and we things we want to do, there just isn't enough funding for that. You know, right. and as I said, Illinois, Illinois had a bad stretch from 2008 to almost 2018. They went almost 10 years straight without any increases in our rate that we receive, even though we all know that, you know, cost of right. living went up over those 10 years. Right. Uh, they're, they're trying to play catch up now, which is a good thing. But we did realize during that time that we needed to find a way to, you know, have more private investment. And so we, we formed a development department here at Community Link and uh, got a lot more active with uh with finding out, uh, make, connecting with our name, Community Link, to making those links to the community. And it's been very successful. Um, you know, as you alluded to earlier, the, the Buddy Walk itself is just a remarkable example of something that's uh, really connected with our community and, and been beneficial to both uh, us and the community. Yeah, so go ahead and talk about the Buddy Work. I know the Buddy Walk. I know we, we want to talk about the Early Head Start program. We've sort of gone around that. We'll come back to that. But since we're talking about the Buddy Walk, go ahead and tell us about that and what it does and who it's associated, because it's not just you that puts that on, right? It's affiliated with the larger organization. Well, we we have a, um, yeah, we register through the National Down Syndrome Society uh, every year for that. And, and we, we kind of connected with them. They used to have when we started our first few buddy walks, they had uh, where seven percent of the proceeds would go back to them. They they've reduced that to only two percent just to kind of cover their cost wow. of promoting. So it's really a, uh, you talk about an event that the money stays in the community. This is one of them. But Community Link first became affiliated with a buddy walk back in two thousand seven. Uh, was our first year that we offered one, and probably for our first five years, it was a nice little. Um, little event. We had about 200 people would show up and we would raise about five, $6,000. And it was just a nice little feel good. And, and, and 
we were kind of happy with that, but then when we realized that we, we really needed to tap into the community at large and, and using things like the Relay for Life as a template just to kind of see that, and there was also the Polar Plunge, you know, trying to find out how <clears throat> somebody can raise $100,000 by having people run into a frozen lake, I said, we, <laughs> there's got to be a way we can, we can do something different here. And so I, I said, do we need to do something new or let's look at what we have? And so as we went through it, we thought the Buddy Walk is, is just has all the components to it. It's got that touch with the community. It's, uh, it's, it's a piece that's in line with our vision of, you know, um, you know, showing that community spirit and everything. So we just kind of started uh, putting a lot of assets into it as far as, uh, you know, just, just really you know, making that a big deal. And, and uh, we, our first uh, eight years, we had the buddy walk at Carlisle. We had a beautiful walk over the dam there and everything. And it was, it was, they were very welcoming community over in Carlisle and everything, but we kind of realized that we were kind of outgrowing that space there. And we ended up moving to Breeze in 2015, but uh, just to, kind of, you know, we started to grow. We went from, you know, five to 6,000, we raised 30,000, then we got to 70 and we said, can we hit a hundred? And then we hit 120. And then suddenly here we are, we're, we, we pushed uh, the last few years, you know, almost uh, $180,000 and wow. we went from, went from 200 people being there to suddenly um, the last few buddy walks, not 2020 because uh, of the, the virtual sure. aspect of it, but uh, 2019, we were at 1800 people. Wow. And so, the proudest thing I am is that the, you alluded to the National Down Syndrome Society that tracks, you know, the the money raised in the in the different uh, buddy walks. And at one point, uh, there was over 300 of them. Uh, Community Link got as high in 2018 as the 11th one in the country. Uh, wow! Out of, out of 300 in Breeze, Illinois. I mean, mind you, and I, I was never so proud to announce at a buddy walk that we had beaten Breeze had beaten Chicago. Uh, so. <laughs> The Cardinals, yes, they can do that all the time, but to have actually Breeze beat Chicago in, in this was just um, incredible. Uh, so we're uh, we're very proud of that and just the the, the components to it. Yeah. And really looking forward to uh, um, this year's Buddy Walk. That's so awesome. That I have goosebumps as you were, were telling that. And I uh, organized a mental health awareness walk and and I always do mine in October. And I found out that the buddy walk is also in October this year. And I said, we are not competing. We will make sure that our walk is not the same weekend as the buddy walk because a, I want to do both and B, I know the numbers that have been, I've, I've watched it grow. I haven't been able to participate in it in the last few years, but, um, I actually did get to participate in it a few years at the beginning. Um, took a couple of my students with me that I was teaching and asked their parents for permission. And um, there's actually, again, I'm looking at my book because there's a story about that in my book that um, <laughs> how impactful that was on me that the parents trusted me to take their child from the town where we taught to Carlisle, which was about a half an hour away. And just the fact that they had never let anybody ever take their child um, and, and that was such a whew, daunting, <laughs> like, okay, well, you just put the weight of the entire world on my shoulders. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so I'm, I'm so excited to see that it has become the event that it is becoming and um, go back to having it in the spring so I can have my walk in the fall and we're not competing <laughs> with each other. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for you all. And, um, also really excited that, you know, Clinton County beat out 
Cook County, and it was for a, a very good reason. So um, very excited to, to hear that. So um, if people want to participate in the Buddy Walk this year, and even if maybe, because there are people who watch this from all across the country. So if there's um, not one local to them, do you know how they could get involved in one? Or then I do want you to tell specifically how they can get involved with ours here in Clinton County. Yeah, there is a website uh, for the National Down Syndrome Society, NDSS, um, that, you know, if you Google that and just put NDSS and Google uh, Buddy Walk, you can kind of go in there and they have a map of where they're all at, the dates that they're held. And yes, that's definitely the, the bigger picture of, of across the country uh, of getting a part of it, if, even if you can't do it at the local level here, um, that there's plenty of opportunities there. Um, and it's uh, a lot of them are held in the fall. Um, it just uh, kind of works out that way. Community links prior to COVID was always held at the first weekend of May. And uh, one of the reasons we kind of did it that way was um, we had previously been members of the United uh, Way of Greater St. Louis, uh, partners with them where they had blackout periods where we couldn't actually do a, an event like that in the fall. <clears throat> and uh, uh, no limits anymore on that, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, we, we still are trying to figure out what's the, what's the best uh, avenue for us. But but one thing to take away from the Buddy Walk that's, I think, really fun and, and people can participate from other parts of the country through ours is just the whole nature of the website. It's, you know, we have a, if you go through www.comlink.org, C-O-M-M-L-I-N-K.org, and you get into there, uh, you'll find plenty of places to get you to the, the webpage that uh, kind of shows where we're at as far as how to register for it. Um, yeah, there's our webpage right there. And if you kind of go on, uh, click on events up there at the top, go to that one and then go to the buddy walk. And then that kind of takes you through and gets you some information there. I'm looking at this picture to see how many people I know. <laughs> because I have several family members who have participated in the buddy walk every year because one of their family members from their other side of their family is a participant. Um, and she was on hashtag no limits last fall, early winter, um, Heather. And so I was looking to see if that was um, the picture, if, if she was in this picture, but her team must have had a different color. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's some people. And now that I'm like really focusing, I recognize this team too. Um, there's some people that I worked with and um, have taught their, their children and um, so that's awesome. So this is C-O-M-M-L-I-N-K.org. So right. Comlink or Community Link for short. Um, and then this is also where, you know, your mission and your vision statement are, um, the values. And I really appreciated the values of dignity, respect, integrity, compassion, and unity. That is something that everybody deserves, every one of those. And so often it is given naturally to most people, but it's not always given naturally to the people who possibly need it more than anybody else anyway. Um, and that's not just mm -hmm. talking about people with disabilities, but you know, just kind of people in general. Um, so before I go back to taking this off, I know we're gonna talk about this in a little bit. Um, is there anything else you want me to show on this page? Yeah, if you go under programs, um, uh -huh. right there, the children's programs, I haven't had a chance to talk about that a lot yeah. yet, but just kind of looking at that in general and, and you know, we, 
we started offering the first step program, the, the actual, the first step program itself has been around since 1976. It started as early intervention, which was opportunities to find delays in children, uh, you know, before they, because we, we know the earlier that you can identify something that the more they can get supports for that, uh, it just, it just leads to a better outcome for everybody. But it wasn't until 1999 that we actually partnered with the federal government to offer early head start and, you know, having, uh, and, and, and people conceptualize it's zero to three, but it literally is pregnant mothers uh, that can get in the program as well and supporting them in prenatal uh, support there. But it's, it's really a program that's all about, you know, parents are the, the children's first teacher and they're their most important uh, ally and, and, and developer. And, and we as a program have parent educators that go, it's home based, so they go into the homes. Um, and we're getting ready to start that up again. I think the week after, uh, or the day after Labor Day, um, we're going to actually start in-person services. We've had to do it virtual for the last year and a half. So once again, the COVID challenges. But, right. but overall, it's just got a lot of different, uh, a lot of pieces to it that all lead to, it's kind of a precursor, obviously, early Head Start to the Head Start program and just, just making sure that uh, they have that support. And uh, there's been plenty of statistics out there that show that children, um, just do better with uh, with with more support. Absolutely, and and I am very very proud to say that I am currently the acting chair of the Early Head Start program through Community Link. Um, I'm happy to step down from that role when we get um, back into, like you said, more more participants being in person and and being able to um, have more parents involved. But for now. That is my role um, in the Early Head Start program, and it is it is an amazing program. And the fact that it there is a misnomer about it um, because of its association with the Community Link, people often think that their child has to have some sort of disability in order to be qualifying or eligible for Early Head Start, and that's not the case. It's anyone who's pregnant, anyone who has a child zero to three. I mean, there are some. Um, qualifying aspects as far as um, financial and that sort of thing. But, um, and of course you have to live within the areas that we serve. But, um, I mean, ability levels is not necessarily a factor. So um, being able to take that misnomer out, hopefully, um, and bring in more residents, I mean, more participants. Um, Anything else on the website before I, I take it off for a little bit and then we'll come back to it to do the red nope, porch. Can't think of anything. Okay. All right. So we'll take that out for just a little bit. Um, so I'm trying to think. I, I took that down, but maybe I shouldn't have. Were we ready to talk about the red porch? <laughs> <laughs> and it's fine. We don't have to have that up to, to talk about it. So Okay. I just know that um, there's, well, at least there used to be, and it, it, maybe it's on the Facebook page, the pictures of some of the food. Um, ah, yeah. which, you know, that's good advertising. We want to get yes, people hungry yes, and thirsty. Absolutely. So, <laughs> but go ahead and tell us what the red porch is, how that started, um, and, and what that's doing for your participants, but also for the community that it's in. Yeah. So it, it was something that was a concept of, uh, given due credit, uh, Michael Brave, the executive director for an organization that I mentioned earlier, Clinton Manor Living Center. Uh, he's, he's got the ICFDD, the intermittent care facility, uh, that, that is, uh, a group of his participants actually come to the day programs through community link. And he's located in New Baden. 
and he had property there. He had a nice house that uh, they were basically using just for like meeting space and things like that. It was a regular older house that just had curb appeal to it right there uh, off 160. And, and it was something that he had a vision that he shared with me because we work uh, together through, you know, we provide the day services for his, for his people. And he just started talking about, it. He, he wanted two things. He wanted a, an avenue for the people that he supports there to have somewhere to go that they can hang out and, and see the public. And he wanted some good coffee. And so, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was something where he was tired of every day he'd come in, he'd be stopping at, uh, you know, a different, uh, fast food place or somewhere else and just getting a high cup of coffee. And he wanted, he wanted something nice. So we started talking about it. And, you know, as, as I, my first conversations with him, as I said, I don't know a lot about coffee other than I drink it. <laughs> I, I don't know what's, what's all going on here, but, uh, <clears throat> he thought that there could be an avenue of, uh, you know, something where, we can incorporate it through our day program as a kind of a satellite of what we do internally here and kind of take it to the next step. And so we just started uh, working on that. And over time, it kind of came together with uh, Cut the Ribbon in, uh, in, in November of 2019. And uh, the, the concept is uh, the, the mission statement for it is brew good, do good. And it's, it's intended to the do good is, is, you know, people that go there, they're supporting uh, people with developmental disabilities and and brew good we're going to give them a good cup of coffee and uh and we've lived up to that and so it's uh it, it's it's got the components of cafe community and connect and the the cafe part is that we offer espresso drinks uh coffee we have the republic of tea which is a partner of ours anyway so we have that offering uh, of course xl ski you know we have right. to give that and uh and just uh and some light meals we've really come a long way with some of our offerings with the the subway sandwiches are the, the sandwiches that we offer and uh and different salads and everything they're very creative there so and just uh just recently we've we've introduced for the summer uh we've introduced ice cream in the evenings a very high quality ice cream uh so if you follow the, our facebook page a community link uh, on facebook and red porch has their own also um, you can put that into the facebook and uh, get on there and look at all the nice uh different offerings that we have and uh, we just keep kind of creating it. And uh, small batch catering is also something that's more heavier in the fall and the winter uh, for organizations. We can put some lunches together and some meals that we, we push out of there. And uh, we're looking to really expand on that uh, over the coming year. And as you see that picture right there, that's that's Rosie. Uh, Rosie's uh, she actually lives in a in one of our community link homes. And uh, she she was the uh, on the ground, the first uh, individual that's hired there making minimum wage pay and, uh, and actually uh, learning a lot of uh, customer service skills and how to, uh, how to do a lot of different things, uh, you know, with prepping food and doing different things there. And uh, it's just been a great success story. And we hope to have more of those over the next, uh, you know, few years, and have some people uh, kind of move in and out of there. And, and we kind of see it as it is something that obviously is it's to the community. It's it's you're right there. You're you're there. But it's still a relatively good place if someone maybe doesn't like all the components of they don't really like to make coffee or they don't like to do that. But they can still work on skill sets that our current internal day program doesn't offer, you know, working with the working with the community, working with customers, things like that. It's on another level that if they want to do something like let's say they don't necessarily want to work with coffee, they want to do pizza. They want to make pizza. Well, this would be a good conduit that Community Link can kind of work with them, and hopefully, maybe down the road in the future, and funding supports that we can get people to move to the next level of finding what they what's important to them. 
in getting that accomplished. Yeah, I'm trying to. There weren't any um, pictures, so I'm going to try to pull up the Facebook page because the food is everything that I have had there um, has been wonderful and it's healthy. Um, so let's see. Let me go back to sharing the screen here. Um, and the, the ice cream. We we just went um, not very long ago and had our first ice cream sweet treat. And I got the uh, s'mores. So let's see. So it looks like we have some of the baked goods here. Um, the s'mores, I guess it's a sundae is what it's called or a concrete maybe. Um, but I mean, this is, this is very well prepared, well done food. You know, I mean, it isn't, this looks like a peach crumble maybe, um, but it's all good. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't speak highly enough of it. It's just, and it's so nice to have this option because like I said, it is a healthier option. Most of the, the items that I've had at least. And um, to be able to have that locally when it just seems that a lot of what we have around here is more fast food. Right. Um, <clears throat> so to have this, there's another one. Oh, somebody really liked that one. <laughs> but, and then there, I think if I recall, there are daily specials too. Right. Um, yeah. And so, sometimes we have three or four specials and uh, they just, they, they do a lot of offerings there. And, and I think it's, I think, you know, they're just really trying to see what's, what's resonating with the community. What's, what's, uh, what's got people interested and then, uh, you know, really kind of honing in on that. But right now it's, uh, it's, been very uh, the way the community's responded to this has just been remarkable and we're very appreciative yeah so um yeah there's <laughs> a lot of things on there yeah i'm i'm making everybody hungry um <laughs> and this looks amazing i got stuck on this one on the other screen because i was like oh my gosh what is that <laughs> apparently it's just a donut with ice cream and some caramel sauce but that's <laughs> I, I didn't really have a good lunch. Apparently I'm starving now that I'm looking at all of these pictures. So, but yeah, so I wanted, I did want to share that because um, they do, they just, they really do, in my opinion, a fabulous job. And people that I know that have eaten there have not had anything bad either. And so it was, we were all very excited when it opened and then very sad when COVID hit and it had to close down for a while. And um, so, yeah, so we're, we're really pleased with, with what is happening there. So John, we have about five minutes left in our show and I want to make sure that um, we have covered everything. And I don't, I think we did, but um you know, if there is something that you most definitely wanted to share, we talked about how to get a hold of Community Link. Um, so go ahead and answer that question, because I, I just thought of something that I, I want to ask you. Um, but is there anything else that we haven't covered that you wanted to be sure to talk about today? No, I think we we touched on all the highlights. Uh, just this, the big takeaway is <clears throat> that uh, um, Saturday, October 9th is our buddy walk. And we do want to make sure that, you know, it, We've kind of shifted the focus this year with with so many challenges we've had the last few years. You know, our, our theme this year is celebrating together. We just really want that opportunity. Uh, we're hoping that this Delta variant and all these Lambda or whatever else is coming our way, that it is an outdoor event. Uh, you know, and we'll we'll be very cognizant as we approach that day of, of how we're going to do the walk. You know, where our intention is to do it as we have traditionally as a group and 
and do that one hour, that one mile walk that is very sacred. It's a sacred mile because uh, it's really honoring uh, you know, our, our community and, and all of our, our people in it. But uh, we, we will uh, have updates on it. But we just uh, we really want to encourage people to uh, traditionally in our community, we, we kind of wait till the last, last second. I understand that. I do that myself in a lot of things. But uh, it gives us a better gauge if people you know register early and, and it gets us a better opportunity to make sure everybody gets their T-shirts on time and everything's kind of rolled out. So please uh, don't don't hesitate. Uh, and uh, and try to look at that, but uh, save the date for uh, Saturday, October 9th. <clears throat> yeah, and then go to commlink.org, comlink.org, and they can register there. So the, the fun question that I have for you is, if money was not a factor, where would you like to see Community Link be in five years, in 10 years? Oh, wow. Well, a lot of it is that, of course, our day program I would love to invest in that more to give people opportunities, you know, like it, it's, there's so many challenges right now to even if it's like with the dog catches the car, what does he do with it? And, you know, the, the barriers on it right now is even if we had employers out there that said, you know, X, Y, and Z come and give us to us, you know, we have to factor in things like in a rural community transportation uh, that's always a challenge and, and just a lot of variables there. And, and just to have a magic wand that, that that wasn't an issue, that would really free up a lot more, uh, kind of take some of the limits that suddenly are on us. Uh, that would make a lot of it go away. Um, but that would be one. And just, uh, just you know, making our, our uh, being able to, to have staff that actually make a living wage. And what I mean by that is that the state has done a lot good job over the last few years of kind of keeping up with the minimum because before the minimum wage was passed in Illinois, our staff, which I haven't said enough about on this broadcast, uh, they just, for what they've been through in the last couple of years, what they do, we, we have so many long-term staff here that just day in and day out, they're here, they're in it, they're in it every day and they're in it for the people that are here. They are heroes. There is no question. And, to be able to, you know, have more money put into them as well. Um, there was a, a state senator a few years back that I had a discussion with and his his philosophy, and he had the right to that. He just he said he didn't conceptually believe in raising minimum wage, et cetera, et cetera. And my breakthrough moment with that individual is when I said, this is not a minimum wage job. These individuals that we employ here at Community Link, they are they're building lives. They're not building burgers and no disrespect to anybody that's working in any of our service fields. That's what they're needed. But this is not a minimum wage job. We shouldn't even be having that in the discussion. This is about people that, and I, I can't tell you how many stories I have of people that work two or three jobs in a lot of cases just to support their family and everything. So when you ask that question, that, that would be besides putting resources into our participants to make their lives better, it would be, you know, being able to pay, you know, what the true cost are the true worth of, of our, our individuals that are our heroes, our frontline staff. Yeah. And I know a lot of those frontline staff members, and I, I know that they're in a lot of ways, very similar to teachers. They're not going for the paycheck. They're going because they love what they do. They love the mission and what they're doing and they love what, the organization does for our community at large. They're and in you, it for the right reasons. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But having a livable wage would, would <laughs> make that make them a lot yeah. happier. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But yeah, I that that's a that's a beautiful goal. Well John, 
thank you so very much for coming on Hashtag No Limits today. It's been quite a pleasure learning about an organization that has been around my whole life pretty much that I really didn't know a lot about until I really got involved a few years ago. And so I hope that this broadcast was able to shed some light for many people on what Community Link does in our area and maybe spur something in someone to start a similar type of organization in their own area. Um, thank you, Amanda Lepker, the president of the board of directors of Community Link for joining us today. Um, I appreciate you being here and John, thank you so much again and we will see you all next time. Thank you.